0: It takes more than saying, don't you mean simple? Every time someone calls something easy to be a great software engineer. This is episode 292 of the Soft Skills Engineering podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development and wax philosophically about complexing things and watch Rich Hickey talks and then start to talk like him.
1: One of my team members uses a word that I think is much better than complexing. What is it? (laughs) Intertwingle.
0: For for version two of his talk, he will use that.
1: (laughs) All right. This episode is sponsored by Ops Level. Ops Level makes shipping great software easier. You'll hear more about Ops Level later.
0: I want to thank our patrons. Thank you to these fantastic entities (laughs) <laughs> who are contributing to our Patreon so that we say words. <laughs> words of these entities' choice. Thank you to the Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, the Yeet Your Job podcast, Avery Sturzel, Ian Walter, Arunduna, Kashukton, Ohio, Cameron Hall, Patreon.com.au, we're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, TestingIsDocumenting.org, Oladapo Fadiye. I escaped from Tarkov, but I can't escape JavaScript, Ragnar <laughs> Harrison, Timmy... Gara Brandt, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, John Grant, I bought Winrod, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you, all of you. Yes. All of you people or abstract concepts.
1: <laughs> Especially you, stochastic parrot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm reading this book about information processing and data modeling, and it's full of very philosophical questions. Like, what what even is a name?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So now I'm thinking about about that. Is monkey face emoji really a name? Like, yeah, I guess if you if you define it widely enough, sure.
1: Oh, is that the rule? It's got to be defined widely.
0: Well, I don't know. It's like uh, y- you have a bajillion names. You are Dave, but if there are two Daves in the room, then you're Dave Smith, and if there are two Dave Smiths in the room, then you're Hey You, and depends a lot on the context. Uh, it's a good book, but we got a show.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like you're doing a little too much Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. I will focus. If you would like to join this group of entities, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. And if you do, you will get an invite to our Slack community to hang out with other entities. That's right. Exchange symbols with entities.
1: (laughs) Oh, wonderful. All right. Shall I read our first question? Yes. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, I recently joined a new company that pays me much better and has much better engineering practices than my previous job. I referred a great engineer who was hired on a different team. Then another engineer from my old job applied for my team and is currently being interviewed for the role. This engineer is one of the reasons I left my former company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They have an impressive resume and they interview well, but they are unable to complete even the most basic tasks and have no interest in improving their skills. They asked me to put in a good word with my tech lead, but if anything, I want to encourage my tech lead not to hire them. I'm not a part of the interview process, but I feel an obligation to let my tech lead know just how bad this developer is. Help! (laughs) Oh no. Yeah uh impressive
0: resume interview well unable to complete even the most basic tasks and have no interest in improving their skills this person's got management written all over them (laughs) oh no (laughs) wait until they're delivering your performance review yeah yeah this is awkward well actually is it you work remotely this person has no way to get a hold of you if you just tell your tech lead hey they will make me miserable and then the person doesn't get the job then a lot of things have to happen for this to come back to to affect you deeply. The person has to find out that you, yeah, told the truth about their abilities. And yeah. then they also <laughs> have to be able to contact you somehow in person. Because if they just like ring you up on Discord, you just don't answer. Ah, okay. Well, I was going to say it's easy to prevent people from bugging you virtually. But I think the experience of women on the internet proves that completely wrong. Yeah, it
1: <laughs> turns out. <laughs> you can not ruin out. someone's life with just the internet. Yes,
0: yes. Okay, I, I take back a little bit of my gusto. I don't know, man. I, I feel like part of what they're paying you for is, is to avoid dire mistakes like this. This feels like a pretty valuable thing. I would certainly want to know if there was someone on my team who had feedback that was terrible oh, <laughs> about yeah. someone we were interviewing. Oh, yeah, that, for that's sure. That's essential.
1: And if your tech lead or management a manager or a recruiting team, if they're worth their salt, this is not the first time that someone has approached them with this feedback. They know how to handle it, probably.
0: Yeah, I could imagine a world where you are honor-bound to call someone out in public. You you never talk about them behind their back. You call them up on the phone or ring them up on Discord and say, hey, I'm about to kill your job here. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted you to know because I want to be upfront. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the world that we live in. <laughs> I, yeah, I think your your manager and recruiter team can provide uh, a valuable screen mm-hmm. that will at least leave this person guessing. Maybe they'll suspect, but then all you have to do is message them and, and say, hey, whatever happened to that job offer? Oh, yeah, how the interviews
1: go? <laughs> oh, the play dumb rule. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I heard oh, they went pretty well.
1: What happened? Weird. Oh, man. The, and this is where you can hide behind the plausible deniability of... Interview processes often just drop candidates between the cracks and you never hear from the company again. No matter how hard you try or how many contacts you have inside, you just can't find that candidate in the cracks, in between the cracks ever again. So you can use that. You're saying ghost this person? I'm saying that you can always hide behind the fact that there was an administrative snafu that prevented them from advancing through the process and you just haven't been able to f- get it fixed.
0: That's going to get really awkward when your former coworker reads back the rejection letter <laughs> that they were sent <laughs> with your feedback in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I quote. Anonymous question asker says, I would die before I worked with this person again.
1: I mean, if you're if you're looking for motivation to build up the courage to go and tell your manager about this, I think all you have to do is think about two, like weigh the pain and the balance. On the one hand, you have the pain of telling your manager that they shouldn't hire someone and risking that it gets back to the person. Okay, that's pain level, you know, pain bucket number one. But in bucket number two, you have the pain of working with this person for another several years. (laughs) And I think it's pretty clear which bucket you need to go pick up.
0: Yeah, Do you think there's a tiny chance that the question asker's evaluation is incorrect and and this person actually is great and it'll just be better here for some reason? Maybe they were held back by their previous environment and this is what they need to blossom.
1: It does happen sometimes when people jump to a new company that they kind of reinvent themselves. And so there is a chance of that. And if you want to just be the most optimistic, hopeful human being, you could gamble on that. (laughs) <laughs> but it yeah sounds, do you like taking
0: very large risks for a very <laughs> small expected value and yeah. a gigantic <laughs> possible negative outcome yeah yeah i i think you just well okay here, here's what you do you can anonymously tell your tech lead the feedback set up kind of a secret agent dead drop thing leave a note under their chair or something like that and and say you have like anonymous sources that I mean, you're the anonymous source, but you're protected by another layer of of anonymity. Your sources are also anonymous. It sounded better in my head.
1: So you you pay a you pay an anonymous mule to deliver the message. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then don't sign it, person X or whatever. And also don't say when I worked with them at my previous company, as you can easily tell from my resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh maybe you could keep it vague honestly uh, this is a dumb idea but you could make it less dumb if you really don't want to get involved too personally and keep it vague when you worked with this person so maybe it doesn't have to be the previous job it's gonna not work very well if the interviewer said and i know an anonymous question asker and, and we got along so well i can't wait to reunite with them and have our very collaborative work relationship renewed yeah i don't know just tell your tell your tech lead
1: yeah. <laughs> Just tell 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 your tech lead, you'll be good.
0: Just tell. Yeah. So that's your answer? Yeah, I think that's my final answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a boring one, but it's a good one. You'll it's a be good fine. one.
1: Go for it. Good luck. Hey Jameson, have you noticed there's a special kind of pain that software teams feel when they get big enough?
0: Pain of open floor
1: plans? <laughs> no. I'm talking about the pain of owning a huge pile of services but having no clear ownership. This makes so many routine things harder than they need to be, like knowing who's on call, onboarding new hires, finding out who owns what. If you're lucky, you have some spreadsheet or maybe like four spreadsheets that list all the services your teams operate with manager contacts and on-call schedules, but you probably don't even have that.
0: I've definitely felt that pain.
1: Well, this is where Ops Level comes in. Ops Level is a product that replaces that old spreadsheet that no one trusts with an always up-to-date catalog of all your services and teams. And OpsLevel takes the friction out of launching
0: new services by providing guardrails that let developers focus on writing code instead of chasing down people and getting approvals.
1: When I worked at Amazon, we had tools like this. I can't imagine living without them, but small and medium sized companies, they can't afford to build them. And this is why you need Ops Level.
0: I've lived without them. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> the Rolodex of people who've worked there a long time is not as scalable as, as yeah. Ops Level. <laughs> Go to OpsLevel.com slash SoftSkills to solve this pain and learn how OpsLevel makes shipping great software easier.
1: End the suffering. Go to OpsLevel.com slash SoftSkills.
0: All right. Should I read our next question? You better. From an anonymous listener. Thanks for thinking I'm neat. I think you're pretty neat too. <laughs> oh, cool. In my most recent one-on-one, it actually reads one-to-one. And when I first read this question, I was like, most recent 121? Is this like a college course? Well, In my most recent one-on-one, my manager asked me to give some feedback on another colleague on whether I thought they would make a good engineering manager. My genuine thoughts about my colleague are that they're pretty good technically, they have good communication skills, are friendly, and just generally a team player. Outside of work, we're pretty good friends, and so I really want to see them succeed. However, I can't shake the feeling that they wouldn't necessarily be a good engineering manager, and I can't figure out why. What are some other not-so-obvious qualities that you think are important for ems since on paper i think they would tick a lot of the boxes
1: okay i'm sensing a theme on today's show and i feel like the previous question was easy mode version of this question like this is hard mode
0: yeah i can't figure out why
1: my gut says bad manager but on paper everything looks fine is that what i'm reading here
0: i think so i can't shake the feeling they wouldn't necessarily be a good engineering manager I can't get past the I can't figure out why part. I feel like you have to have some inkling of why. Are they really rude to the wait staff at restaurants (laughs) and thus indicate (laughs) that they're a terrible person in in a power relationship?
1: Yes, whenever there's a power differential.
0: Yeah, time to climb.
1: (laughs) I will build my throne of the waiter's skulls. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: will send back this glass of water Till the heat death of the universe
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man I mean I guess there's two things to focus on here one is I can't figure out why and talking about how can you how can you figure that out and have a little bit more insight but the other one is what are some other not so obvious qualities you think are important for ems
1: well I would start with incredible stamina for long and plentiful meetings yes it's like number one yes, requirement that is
0: true. <laughs> I mean, the level can go up or down depending on the culture of the company. But I think it's pretty universal that an engineering manager at a company will have more meetings than an engineer. And maybe that's it. Maybe they put whoopie cushions under everyone's chairs in meetings. They're they're just causing some ruckus. Don't have good meeting etiquette. Maybe that's the reason you couldn't figure out. Like, oh yeah, I forgot about all those whoopee cushions. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, stamina for meetings. The ability... To repeat yourself. (laughs) That's true. The ability to repeat yourself.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But really, it is interesting. You have to be not only willing to repeat the things you say, but also willing to do repetitive things. You know, part of being a manager is consistently like watching the store, so to speak, you know? And it's like sometimes that consists of looking at the same chart for the 50th time to see if anything has moved, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's kind of like you're a you're a sentry, and usually things are fine, but boy, do you have to pay attention in case they aren't. <laughs> you can get lulled. Yeah, I can't figure out not obvious qualities. I think a lot of it can be learned, but especially if you're becoming an engineering manager, you, you'll probably be bad at it, and so you need to be. Uh, humble and open to learning, even while you're in a position of authority, and for some people, that's that can be uncomfortable. You're supposed to be someone's boss, which means it's hard to admit weakness or or that you don't know something. And some people try and overcompensate for that and bluster a lot, and and that's rough. I don't know. This is a very deep topic. What yeah. qualities are important for EMs? This is infinitely deep.
1: You have four minutes to cover this fully. So I (laughs) I suggest you get talking
0: concise speaking.
1: I yield the floor. (laughs) Oh man.
0: I, I think you have to be able to balance supporting people and helping them grow through challenges. Some of which are, are caused by their own actions and evaluating people's effectiveness and output and it's sort of like two opposite viewpoints one is very supportive and coaching and really on your side the other one you kind of have to put on the solace corporation hat of like how many output units is this individual delivering compared to how many input units they're being compensated and some people have trouble flipping back and forth between those two modes i don't know i think that's it I think those are the only things.
1: Yeah, that's, there's probably nothing else. That, there's probably never even been a book written on this topic. So I don't even know why we're talking uh, about so it. I'm so
0: glad there's so many more engineering manager books coming out. It <laughs> feels a lot better than it did a few years ago.
1: I do want to focus a little bit on this. I can't shake the feeling that they wouldn't be a good engineering manager, and I can't figure out why. And I, the way I read into that was, I want advice on how to tell my boss not to promote this person to engineering manager. <laughs> Yeah. And I think you better you better get your crap together on why you feel that way before you take that message to your boss cuz if you take that message and they're like, "Oh yeah, what what are you thinking?" and you're like, "I don't know, I just think it." <laughs> that's not going <laughs> to it's not going to go over very well.
0: Don't ask me those kind of questions. This yeah, is look, intuitive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't quantify this. Yeah, this is gut. But I mean, if like let's say you do have a clear reason for not wanting this person to move into an engineering management position, what do you tell your manager?
0: There was that stabbing incident a few <laughs> years ago. Can't quite put my finger on what its relation is to engineering management, but it gives me this vague feeling of of no. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to be your boss. That would probably affect it a bit too. If you want to report to this person and feel like that would be good versus if they would be good at it in the abstract. Well, actually... I'll. They're not going to be good at it. Let me answer this, first of all. (laughs) Almost nobody is good at it when they first try. And and plenty of people are still not good at it when they've done it for a long time. So, yeah, that's easy. They won't be very good. Can they become good? Probably. If they put effort in and are willing to learn and suck at it a bunch, just kind of the same way you do with everything else. I don't know. I feel like I'm just... I feel like I'm speaking in, like, airport business book wisdom. Mm -hmm. And... That means I should stop speaking. Just enough of that.
1: And that's it. Again, back to conciseness.
0: <laughs> that's my powerful conclusion to my best-selling business novel, Lots of Long, Awkward Silences. That's the title. Do you think you would ever talk to them about this? That would have to be kind of a, a close relationship to be able to bring up your concerns with them, but I wonder if that would help clarify anything. I joked before oh, about... That could be awkward, right? Being You I mean sure it would be awkward in the last question i said something about how you could be honor bound to tell them up front it is kind of a different situation when you're already friends with them though where you you will have sustained contact with them
1: or not <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe this is
0: maybe this is the end
1: i'm so excited to have my last conversation with you ever right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah, a lot of times you don't know that something is the last thing of a sequence. but You
1: might, uh, in this case. Let's just (laughs) marinate in this moment. (laughs) Yeah, we can't know for sure it's the last one. I mean, there is the halting problem. But, you know, I'm pretty sure this is it.
0: (laughs) Engrave this moment in your mind. Remember the light through the coffee shop windows. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's what might help you. If you have engineering managers that you think are good, maybe it's easier to figure out your concerns that are that are unnamed if you're kind of comparing your friend against them and what qualities and attributes they have and maybe that will make it easier to tease out. Yeah. This example is really strong here and I'm I'm concerned friend would would struggle to do that as well or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I found that when it comes to enumerating what the qualities are that make a good engineering manager, it's really rife with conflict, like with uh, p- with uh, internal inconsistencies or paradoxes. Let me, let me give an example. The qualities that make a good engineer, not a manager, but a good engineer, are pretty straightforward to describe. Good at problem solving, good communication skills, and so on. But then when it comes to hiring or choosing an engineering manager... There's like all this weird paradoxical stuff. For example, you don't want a manager who is really power trippy, right? So you think to yourself, well, I want to hire someone who doesn't like to tell people what to do. But then you also really need them to tell people what to do sometimes. So they have to be comfortable telling people (laughs) what to do, you know? Yeah. Or there's probably 10 qualities like that where it's like you want just the right amount, like this Goldilocks zone in leadership where it's like, yeah, you got... You need to want the job, but also we don't want you to want this job. You know, it's like the. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you you need to have advanced in your career and and shown growth, but also stop having any more ambition and just stay here forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it's such a paradox.
0: We need you to negotiate with reports and and help them understand why they shouldn't quit their job and go get more money. And also never quit your job to go get more money. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, it's so true. Anyway, so I think that's why it's really hard to pin down like what makes a really good manager. It's like, what makes a good manager is this insane balancing act where you're balancing between like the psychopath a- and the powerless non-leader. You're right in the middle <laughs> of those two things. is where you want to be.
0: And, and if you just vacillate quickly enough between those two ends it averages out to the middle that's that's the attribute of a good manager it's an important attribute for you (laughs) swing wildly from soulless psychopathy to powerless what did you say powerless non-leadership
1: yeah like yeah like a spineless non-leader okay
0: i gotta go update some job descriptions (laughs) we're looking for a spineless non-leader who can really Not drive stuff forward.
1: (laughs) But who is also (laughs) borderline psychotic in the way they tell people what to do. (laughs) If you can balance these two qualities, we have a job for you.
0: Is that the you need like 15 years of 10 year old technology (laughs) experience of the engineering manager job position?
1: That's exactly that in this new domain. All right. Have we answered the question? Not even close, but we're going to wrap it up anyway and say thank you so much for asking. avoiding
0: answering questions is also an essential <laughs> important quality for engineering managers <laughs> so on that note what can people do if they want their own questions answered
1: oh that was a smooth segue go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button thank you so much to everyone who asks questions every week we really appreciate them we do
0: we appreciate you thanks for listening we will catch you next week